In your Bibles, in the book of Psalms, chapter 107, I assume you've gotten turned there by now. Um, we talked about the Psalms a little bit last week. We looked there in the book, and we talked about how the Psalms is a, a time of help for us in every situation. Well, I want to take this morning, I want to kind of walk through Psalms 107. Well, I want to run through Psalms 107. If we walk through it, we'd be doing word studies, and we would be here about this time next year. So I want to run through it. We're going to break it down into a few sections and take a look at it. I told you last week the Psalms can speak to a lot of different people for about a, about a lot of different situations and a lot of different reasons. And so that's what I want to look at this morning at how, how it breaks down to different people. For, for our opening, we're going to start here in verse number 21. And then we'll go back and we'll eventually read it all before the morning is over. Psalms chapter 107, verse number 21. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. That's the first of four times that it makes this exact statement. We see it in verse 8. Um, we see it in verse 15 here in verse 21. Again in verse 31. Four times in this one passage it says, All oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. All oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. And for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. The Bible here talks to a specific group of people in verse number 23. They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters. I want you to understand that's talking about those of you that are serving God with all you got. That's setting sail into the deep waters. That, that's going out into the ocean. That's not wading around in the shallows. That's those who are about the Lord's business. That's those that are serving him with all they got going out into, into deep waters. It says um, they go down to the, sh to the sea in ships that do business in great waters. These see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. Y'all catch the phrase there? The ones that are willing to put themselves in the situations to see God do something great, they're the ones that's going to see it. The ones that set sail and go out into the deep waters, they're the ones that's going to see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof. Now, don't you stand, verse number 26, it's not talking about the water. It's talking about the people. They mount up to the heaven. They go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wits' end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm so that the waves thereof are still. Hmm. Then are they glad because they be quiet, so he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. I want to bring a message from this one book of Psalms chapter 107 this morning. I want to look at the God of all seasons. God, thank you so, so much for being the God of the good times, the God of the bad times, the God of the high times, the God of the low times, the God of the mountains and the God of the valleys. God, you're the God on the sunny days and you're the God on the stormy days. There's never a time that you'd ever leave us nor forsake us. There's never a time you withdraw your hand from us. There's never a time that you push us out or cast us off. There's never a time that you close your ear to us if we'll stop and cry out, God, I pray right now, would you move in the midst of this place? 
God, I ask you, would you clean us up? Forgive us where we failed you. Start with me, God. Forgive me of anything that would hinder your Holy Spirit from making me a usable vessel in your hand right now. That you might speak to your children from your book, God. That you might give us something to help us serve you better, God. I pray if there's a soul on the way to hell in this building, listening on live stream or in any way, God, I pray you do a mighty work, a miracle today, God. That that soul would be saved. That one closest to hell may today be the day that they accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. God, I pray you'd calm some storms, move some mountains, and pull some out of some valleys this morning. God, I ask you, Father, to move in this place. We love you and praise you in Jesus' precious, sweet, holy name. Amen. You know, there's a lot of seasons that we go through in life. I'm not talking about um, we were in summer yesterday. We are in fall today and will be in full-fledged winter tomorrow. That, that's not what, and then back to summer, hopefully within seven to ten days. Uh, I'm not talking about those kind of seasons. Um, I'm not talking about we just came out of the Thanksgiving season, heading into the Christmas season, and we call this the holiday season, or fast approaching the He's Alive. Oh, I'm sorry, did I say like we already need to start getting stuff ready? The Easter season, I'm talking about those kind of seasons. I'm talking about we go through seasons of prosperity, and then we go through seasons of drought. Anybody know what I'm talking about now? We, we go through seasons of good health, but then we go through seasons of sickness. We go through seasons of, of happiness, but then we go through seasons of sorrows, seasons of, of great gain, but then we go through seasons of loss. Not, not just when we were lost. Even in our Christian lives, we go through seasons of great strengths. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You have times when you serve God and nothing can hold you back, and other times you struggle to read your Bibles in the morning. We go through seasons of great strengths and then seasons of, of weakness. We have seasons of great service to the Lord. And then we turn around and have seasons of failure and seasons when we're living in a life of obedience and seasons of, of disobedience. Maybe that's a little bit of a prelude to what Paul was talking about, Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Maybe that's a little bit of a prelude of what he's talking about in our different seasons. All of those things work together. The Bible even tells us, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, that to everything there is a season. A time to every purpose under the heaven. So in life, we deal with a, a lot of different kinds of seasons, and we go through a lot of different kinds of storms. Only one amen out of the house. There's a lot of different storms. You know, there's natural storms, natural disasters, those kind of things. Lord knows 2020 has been everything for everything else. It might as well be the year of the hurricane too, right? We saw record numbers of hurricanes. We've seen tornadoes all over the place. We've seen crazy forest fires raging out west and all that's going on. Those are storms that affect an awful lot of people. They come in and cause a lot of havoc, and they affect a lot of lives. But then there are storms like COVID-19. COVID-19 is a storm that affected an entire globe in a matter of weeks. It literally changed, affected, moved, altered the entire globe in just a matter of weeks. In America, it changed the way we live. It, we got masks right now because of COVID-19. We got things going on because of COVID-19, things not going on. It, it changed the way that we go to the store. It, it changed the way we come to church, amen? It, it changed 
everything that, that is going on, even, even in meetings, like even within the staff meetings, we've had to do several meetings by virtual Zoom meetings, things on phones uh, with the Lighthouse Children's Home. We have to do our board of directors meetings instead of all of us driving to Indiana and meeting. We've been having to do board of directors meetings for the children's homes by way of virtual meetings. The Bible History Center over across town, we've been having to do our board of directors meetings all year by virtual meetings. We can't go gathering groups. It has altered the way that we live our lives. Amen. It did something that nobody in the world thought it could do, especially in the United States of America. It altered the sports world. Whoever thought you'd see the day that NASCAR would run a race with nobody in the stand? Whoever thought you'd see the day that the NFL and college football with 100,000-seat stadiums would have it with 20,000 to no fans whatsoever? The NBA and all of its money and all of its glory and all that it has had to cancel the playoffs last year. It didn't cancel but postponed and had to come back and put them in so they have screens up there and they do virtual fans for the basketball game. Whoever thought that a simple little virus could change the entire world? A simple little virus could take out the, the way we do sports in America. Seems impossible, doesn't it? National storms, things that, that affect everybody. Everybody deals with storms. But some storms are more personal. Some, some things are closer to home. There, there's somebody this morning, they're having a storm. I turned out of my driveway. I went about a mile. And I assume a deer probably ran across the road in front of them. I don't know. But whatever they did, they ended up in the ditch. Front end of the car destroyed, auto accident. That, that storm doesn't affect you and I, doesn't, doesn't affect any of the rest of us, but it's a personal storm. It's affecting them. But, but, you know, there's financial storms, family storms, marital storms. There's things that go on that, that are closer to home. They just affect us and maybe just those that, that are closest to us. But I, I believe the greatest storms in life are the personal storms. It's the internal storms, the things that, that go on inside of us that most of the time nobody around us even knows what's going on. Anybody know what I'm talking about yet? We might share it with our closest friend. We, we might tell somebody a little something about what's going on. If we've got a really good prayer warrior friend that we trust, we might share it with them because Lord knows we need help praying. We need somebody that will go into the throne room on our behalf and pray and lift up prayers. But a lot of times things are going on in people's lives and nobody knows it. You know, one of the things that's true happens every time there's a suicide. Nobody saw it coming. Nobody knew what that person was going through. Nobody knew what was happening in their life. Nobody knew the depth of the storms and the depth of the problem. And most of the time, you can look back and see little hints of things that they said and things that they did and go, man, I should have been paying attention. I should have listened. But the truth is, they never really let it out. They, they never shared it. I will say this. Suicide is not your answer. If you're out there listening, I don't care what your problem is. That is not your answer. And, and nobody's above it. I got saved at New Hope Baptist Church, and not long after we left there, the associate pastor up there, I guess, wasn't very associate. Yeah, committed suicide. You don't have to be living out of the will of God to think your problems are so big you can't overcome them. 
That's not the answer. Tell somebody. Get some help from somebody. Share what you're going through with somebody. Let somebody get in and help you get out of it. But I promise you this, no matter what you're going through, God's bigger. No matter what your problem is, God's greater than your problem. God knows the problem and the solution to the problem. So get some help. We're going through storms of any kind. It's the word of God that, that gives us hope. It's the word of God that gives us strength to carry on. It's the word of God that gives us direction. It's the word of God that gives increase. Last week, we looked there at the book of Psalms as being a book of prayer. And I talked about how everything in it is prayer. No matter what you're going through in your life, there's a psalm. If you'll study through the psalm, no matter what you're going through, there's one in there that will help you. There's one in there that will connect with you. There's one in there that you will, you will kind of relate to that psalm. And no matter what your problem is, there's one in there that will help you pray your way through it. The psalm gives us strength in times of weaknesses. It gives us hope in a season of hopelessness. It gives us help in, in seasons of turmoil and trouble, and it encourages us in seasons of discouragement. The Psalms is an amazing book. Just take a little time to, to study it. It can help us not only understand the storm. Anybody listening? You're going to want to hear this part. Y'all listening out there? Turn your TV up. Turn your radio. It, it can help us not only understand the storm. But understand, where is God in the storm? Everybody has asked God, where are you? Okay, let me take that out. I have asked God, and I assume I'm not the only one who has been in a storm, in a, in a struggle, in a trial, and been praying, and it just wouldn't go away. And I've said, God, where are you? Do you hear me? Does it matter? Do you care that this is, I'm losing all my cool points in it. I, I just want you to know that if you ever say that, I said it first. How about that? Psalms chapter 107 gives us a variety of storms here, and it even gives us reason for the storms. Verse number 1, it says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west and, and from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. So the first storm that we see here in Psalms 107, th this is a national storm. We see God's children wandering in a wilderness. We see God's children hungry and thirsty. But in verse number 6... Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. He led them forth by the right way, that they might go into a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. So we see that even in the wilderness, even out in the drought, in the wilderness area, when they cried out to God, it was God who came into the wilderness and delivered them out of their distress. But then in verse number 10, we see these that are in a storm. I want you to pay close attention right here. They are in this storm because they rebelled against God. Everybody with me? Such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, 
being bound in affliction and iron. Verse number 11, because they rebelled against the words of God and contemned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore, he brought them down with their heart, brought down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. So because of their rebellion, it says that they're in darkness. But even then, even in their rebellion and in the darkness, then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and brake their bands in sunder. Even in their disobedience, when they stopped and turned back to God and they cried out for help, God was there to deliver them out of their troubles. Troubles that they themselves had created, God was there for them. Then we have verse number 8 repeated, even for the ones who rebelled. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Verse number 16 says that those men should praise the Lord because he hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in sunder. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them, and delivered them from their destructions. And then verse number 8 repeated again there in verse 21. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. But then verse 22, and this was the passage that we read to start, beginning at verse 21. But we see those who are living in the will of God. This is you, children of God, Christians. This, this is you living in the will of God. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. Many times... The most intense storms that we face in life is when we launch out into the deep to be what God wants us to be. Mm -hmm. Too many times as Christians, we choose to just sit in the shallow waters. We, we choose to, to stay up on the shore where it's safe or maybe kind of get out into the shallows, you know, help a little bit with the ministry at church. Maybe, maybe have a little side part and he's alive or something. I mean, I don't have to be at practice every Sunday or nothing, but, you know, maybe a little side something I can show up at the end and be part of it. We kind of want to get barely kind of plugged into some kind of ministry, do a little bit of something. Maybe we, we show up at, at a, a Bible study for a couple of weeks, or maybe we come to a men's prayer meeting one time, but, but that's about as far out in the water as we want to go. You know, you start getting out past waist deep, you start feeling the waves moving you a little bit. You, you, you feel the currents kind of dragging on you a little bit. But, you know, as long as water didn't get up past about here, your feet are still pretty firmly planted. You know what I mean? You, you still got a hold on your situation. But if we start getting up into water right here, the water will start lifting you up a little bit when it comes. And, and we begin to feeling like we're going to lose control of our situation. Anybody with me? We don't want to get too far out because we don't want to lose control but God doesn't do his greatest work in the shallow waters God does his greatest work out in the deep when you're willing to walk out of the shallows 
put yourself in the hand of God and let God take you out into places where you have no control and surrender everything to God. Many times it's when we've ventured out into the deep. Many times it's when we've set sail, we, we've surrendered our lives, we, we've gone out to serve God, we've, we've gone into the deep water. That's when our greatest storms seem to come. The greatest storms don't seem to come when we're running from God, although those will create some storms in your life. The greatest storms don't even seem to come when you're rebelling from God, although those will bring some storms in your life. It's not even when we're doing something wrong and we know it. The Holy Spirit convicts us, draws us, works on us. But that doesn't seem to be the time when we go through the greatest storms in our lives. It seems that the greatest storms are when we're walking with God, doing our best to serve God. As far as we know, we're not doing anything wrong. Anybody ever been there and done that? Listen, I have personally prayed, God, I am sorry that I am so ignorant. I don't even know what I did to cause you to remove your hand from me. But if you'll just tell me what it is, I will ask for forgiveness. But I can't take this separation feeling anymore. It was a time when I was trying to serve God, looking for the will of God. Obviously, I know now what God was leading me to do. But I didn't know that then. I just felt like God wasn't showing me anything. I felt like I must have done something wrong. I must have sinned against God. He must have taken his hand off of me. You went from 12 times in Costa Rica last year, two times in Panama last year, doing mission trips and serving and preaching on Wednesday night in a men's ministry and teaching Sunday school in the church, and all of a sudden, nothing. You want me to just sit home and do nothing? You had me call the men's ministry. You had me tell them I can't preach. I can't go over to the shelter and work anymore. You won't let me go on a mission trip anymore. What did I do that was so wrong? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I was going through a storm that I didn't understand. But but in my life, I'm praying. I'm just telling my own life, it seems like the greatest storms that have come were not in my times of failures and weakness, although those are many. My greatest storms many times seem to have come when I was searching the most for the will of God for my life. And all I wanted to do was serve Him. All I wanted to do was seek Him. All I wanted to do was read this book more, sing praises to Him more, shout hallelujah more. All I wanted to do was seek Him, but it seemed like I was going through great storms. How many of you can look back in your life? You remember a time when you said, I'm going to get serious about serving the Lord. I'm going to get plugged into church. It's going to become real. It ain't just a casual Sunday morning. I'm going to start reading my Bible every day. I'm going to read the Bible through in a year. I'm going to start doing daily devotions. I'm going to start doing word studies. I'm going to start learning something about God. I'm going to start going to Sunday school. I'm going to plug in and and grow in my relationship with Jesus Christ. How many of you remember a time when you decided to grow in the Lord and that seems like when hell showed up at your doorstep. Seems like everything began to to come unglued. See, what we can clearly see is that great works are done in deep waters. You can't see deep water works done in shallow water trials. You can't see God calm the stormy seas if you're standing in ankle-deep water. You can't see God deliver a great catch of fish if you don't get out in water deep enough to let the nets down. 
You can't see Christ come walking to you on a stormy sea if you're standing up on the shore. It's out in the deep where we see God do great things. We are living right now in some very weird, strange, difficult, different times. Anybody agree? God has not stopped doing miracles. God has not stopped working. God has not stopped looking for children to step up. God has not stopped looking for for people who trust him, people who are seeking to serve him, those who are willing to set sail out into the deep to be whatever God wants them to be. God has not stopped calling his children to do more than themselves. If what you're doing, you're doing because you know you can do it, then you've not stepped off into the will of God yet. Because he's going to call you to do something bigger than yourself. If you can do it without God, then you're not doing it with God. You're just doing best you can where you are. What God has planned for you and I to do is so much bigger than ourselves. It absolutely cannot be accomplished without the power of God. What God calls us to do is greater than ourselves. It's calling us up to a next level. It's calling us out of comfort zones. It's calling us out into deep waters off the shore, out of the ankle deep, past the waist deep, out there where the sharks are, out there where the great fish live. God is calling us out there so that he can do something that we absolutely, positively cannot do without the power of God. God is still looking for those that will just surrender everything and go out. See, God's not looking for the extraordinary to do the ordinary. God's looking for the ordinary so that he might do something extraordinary through you. God's looking for some nobodies like David. You know, a ruddy little shepherd boy. Least among the children of Jesse. Surely this can't be the one. Look at that little runt. He's looking for a no-name. That, that God himself can take him and make him a, a mighty warrior. A, a prince of men. But the reason God could do that is because in his private life, he was a man after God's own heart. God is looking for a person. God's looking for a church. God's always looking for his church to step up. God is looking for someone in these troubling times that we're in today, somebody who will just pull up their sails and set out in the deep and say, God, I have no idea where I'm going. All I know is you said, pull up the anchor and set sail into high waters. The anchor's up, the sails are raised, the wind is blowing. Take me where you'd have me go. Show me what you want me to do. Put me in the center of your perfect will. Use me, God, to reach somebody that's lost and on their way to hell. Use me to make a difference in somebody else's life. Use me, use this church, use us to touch LaGrange, Georgia. Use us to make a difference in our hometown. Use us that everybody sees Christ in everything in us, everything about us, everything around us, everything that we do. Take us where you want us to be, God. God's looking for somebody to just pull up an anchor. Raise up a sail and say, here I am, Lord. Just take me and use me. Many times, many times, it's when you decide to pull up the anchor and raise up the sail and say, I'm going after God, that's when the enemy's coming after you. I know I've said it before, but I'll say it again. The devil's not worried about you showing up to church on Sunday morning most of the time, as long as that's all it is to you. But don't you let it be real. Don't you let it be life accountable that I have to be at church, man. I just love the fellowship. 
I love being with the brethren. I love praying. Don't you let it get so real that I got to be there on Wednesday night. Boy, they do some Bible study. They do some word study. They break it down. I can learn something. Don't you let it become so real that I got to be a member of a Sunday school class and come in there and let a teacher break down some text and teach me some things that I might learn some stuff about the Word of God. Don't you let church become so real that, that it, it is important to you. It's not you can take it or leave it. It's not I'll be there as long as the deer aren't in rut. It's not I'll be there as long as the stripers aren't running on the river it's not as i'll be there as long as the macy's day sale isn't running through sunday it is making everything about god the devil's not worried about the casual sunday morning church goer as long as that's all you are just don't let it be real the devil's not worried about you reading a bible verse that maybe somebody sent you on your phone one morning and you responded yeah man good verse i like it thanks for it just don't start reading your bible every day the devil's not worried about you showing up for a, a lady's bow tying class and, and, and doing some little bit of study or coming to a men's prayer meeting one time. Just don't you start doing daily devotions every day of your life, trying to learn something to make you a better servant. See, the devil doesn't mind you laying in the bed every morning and saying a little short prayerette before your feet hit the floor. He just don't want you to be one of those when your feet hit the floor. He has to say, oh, Lord God, he's up again. He don't mind you being a little something. But when you decide, I'm going after the things of God, he's going to do everything he can to stop you right there. You and I don't have to be anything special. We don't have to be anything extra. We don't have to be anything over the top. All we have to be is just ordinary people wanting God to use us. And God will do extraordinary things through you. All God's looking for is surrender. We look here in verse number 25 when we set out into the deep waters. I want to look at something here in this, this verse, 107, verse 25. Ms. Fried, if you could put verse 25 up for me. I, I want you to see what happened right here. This is, this is they, they've decided to serve God, right? And they've set sail out into deep waters to, to go out and do a work for the Lord. For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind which lifteth up the waves thereof. Then we see the people that are out there in the deep on the ship, they mount up into the heaven and they go down again into the depths and up into the heavens and down again into the depths and up into the heavens. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They're fearful because the ship is being tossed around in the storm and they feel like they're going to drown. The ship will be destroyed and, and their soul is melted and they reel to and fro and they're staggering around on the ship as it's tossed about. They stagger like a drunken man and they're at their wit's end. The Bible tells us they've done everything that they can do. They've tried everything they know. They set sail out into the deep. They went out there where they thought what God wanted them to go. They've given it their best efforts, and now nothing has worked. The Bible says they are at their wit's end. They don't know anything else to do until verse 28, then they cry. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distress. Can, can, I, just, can I just give you a little something right here? This is a fact. This will never change. This has always been true. This will always be true. Note takers, you're going to write this one down. This is one you can keep. You can put it in the front of your Bible, back of your Bible, and every other page in your Bible to make sure that you never miss it. This is a guaranteed fact of life for everyone in this place. You ready? Storms produce prayer. Storms produce prayer. 
It doesn't matter who you are, how casual you come to church, or how serious you are about serving God. You want your prayer life to go up? Let a storm show up. Storms always produce prayer. How many times in our own lives have we done it the same way there is a text? The storm comes, we've tried everything. It's a financial storm, so we get another job, right? We get another job, our wife gets another job. We kick our children out, tell them to go get a job, do something to help. We, we start making stuff, trying to sell. So we're doing everything we can. Man, we try cutting down on spendings. We have to rule out Chick-fil-A because we can't afford that no more. We can't even get into crystals. We have to buy a loaf of bread at the beginning of the week, make it last all week with one half a slice of bologna in it. We do everything we can to try to make it work. And nothing seems to work. Until finally one day, we, we've cashed in savings account. We've sold government bonds. We've sold anything that we had that was worth selling. We've done everything we can to try to get a dime in our pocket to make ends meet. And here it is. We're at the end of the road. And when we finally get to the end of the road, we finally do what we should have done at the beginning of the road. Then they cry unto the Lord. We make our last step what should have been our first step. Verse number 29, he maketh the storm. This is what they cry out now. This is after they stop and they cry out to God. He maketh the storm a calm so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Now, we've all heard message after message after message after message after message after message after message of the God of the storms. We've all heard from, from amazing men of God, amazing preachers, anointed of the Holy Spirit, preach amazing messages on God calming the storms of life. But here in this text, this says it is God who made the storm. This says it's God that, that calls. The Bible clearly tells us that it is God who raises the winds. It is God who lifts up the waves. But see, your strength in that is if it's God who raises them, it's God that can lay them down. If it's God that called it, it's God that can calm it. If it's God that started it, then it's God that can stop it. So he, he commands the stormy winds to start, and then he commands it to cease. Verse 31, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. When we set out to serve God, I need to plug this one in right here. When we set out to serve God so that you don't misunderstand what's going on, and you say, I'm going to pull up the anchor, I'm going to raise up the sail and head for high waters, as that song says. When you set sail, God is not punishing you for stepping out. He is preparing you for going forward. The storm that you're going through is not a punishment for going out to serve God. It is preparation for what God is going to do through you. It is preparation for what God is going to do. And you see, you have decided that now I'm going to surrender me. Now I'm going to put myself in his hand. You have decided that I'm going to do whatever God wants me to do. Now God has to prepare you for the work that he has planned for you to do. You take it on any team. You can take the most talented quarterback in college football. Number one draft pick in the NFL. He is the most talented individual on the planet. That quarterback does no one any good in the NFL until he's been prepared to play on that team. 
until he's been taught the playbook, taught the blocking schemes of the line, and made familiar with the receivers and all those around him. He has to be prepared for that team. Every player has to be prepared for the same team. He's excited about playing on that team. The team is excited about having him on that team. But until he's been prepared, he does that team no good. Just because you and I decide, okay, now I'm going to go serve God, that doesn't mean we're ready yet. That doesn't mean we've been through what we need to go through to be what God needs us to be. So God allows some things to, to prepare us. Sometimes God allows a storm to let us in a storm, if nothing else, just so that we can see him get us out of the storm. That's what builds our faith going forward. That's how you know you can sail into the next storm when you see it. Because if God got you out of that one, he can get you out of the next one. Don't be discouraged by, by seasons of preparation. They're just signs that God's about to do something great in you. Don't be discouraged when God puts you in a season of preparation. Be encouraged that God is about to use you to do something great for his glory. It may be difficult to let go of the safety of the shore. It's difficult to, to walk out into the unknown knowing the the storms and the terrors and, and all that it can exist out in the deep waters, but we can't experience the greatness of God until we're willing to put ourselves in the hand of God. and Say, here I am, Lord. Do what you will. But then in verse 32, the closing part of it here, we see the church. Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. I, I want you to look at the contrast in the next six verses, I want you to look at the contrast of what God does. Isn't anybody, look at what God does. In the next two verses, verse 33 and 34, he turneth rivers into a wilderness, water springs into dry ground, a fruitful land into barrenness. But then look at the reason why. For the wickedness of them that dwell therein. God turned good things into bad things. Because of their wickedness. Y'all see that? Look at the next three verses. 35, 36, 37. Actually, the next four verses. He turneth the wilderness into standing water. Remember up here, he, he, turned, he turned rivers into the wilderness. But here he turns the wilderness into standing water. Dry ground into water springs. There he maketh the hungry to dwell, that they may prepare a city for habitation, and sow fields and plant vineyards, which may yield fruits of increase. He blesseth them also, so that they are multiplied greatly, and suffereth not their cattle to decrease. There is nothing that God cannot do. He can dry up the springs to make a barren wasteland, and he can make waters flow from the rock in the middle of the wilderness. Verse 39, again, they are menaced and brought low through oppression, affliction, and sorrow. He poureth contempt upon princes and causes them to wander in the wilderness where there is no way. Yet setteth he the poor on high from affliction and maketh him families like a flock. The righteous shall see it and rejoice, and all iniquity shall stop her mouth. Whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. So the text shows us that, that those who trust in the Lord, they can see the, the good of God in all things. Whether things are going for us or things are going against us, 
God is never out of control. No matter what's going on in our situation, it is never out of God's control. Even if it's against us. Even if it seems like everything is going against us, that's not the end of the story. The end of the story is when it has accomplished that for which God sent it for, at that point, God will end it and move you into the next step. Once we've been prepared for the season, once we've got finished the preparation season, then we'll move into the season that we were being prepared for. God is always doing something. So one thing that we clearly see here in the text is no matter what season you're in, no matter what situation you're in, no matter what's going on in your life, the thing that we see right here is how to get out of the season. No matter what you're in, God is the God of all season. Those who wandered in the wilderness, verse number 6, then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. Those who rebelled against God in verse number 13, then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. And he saved them out of their distresses. For those who are fools because of their transgressions and iniquities, in verse number 19, then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. For those who set sail to do business in deep waters and serve God, the storms came, and in verse number 28, then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. So no matter what the situation is, the common denominator is cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Some of you may be going through a storm right now. Cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. Some of you may know somebody going through a storm. Somebody knows somebody's sick. Somebody knows somebody going through a financial problem. Somebody knows a marriage is struggling. Somebody knows somebody that needs for you to go into the throne room of God on their behalf. Cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. You may be doing your best to serve God right now. You may be trying everything. You may be reading the Bible every morning, doing devotions, studying every night, praying every chance you get, working in ministries, coming to church, Sunday school, doing everything you can to serve God, but it seems like everything is turning upside down. Cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. Some of you, some of you may know that, that God is calling you to do something. But man, you just... You just can't let go of security. You just, you just can't let go of that security blanket, Linus. I mean, I'm, I'm safe on the shore. Even if the waves rage high, I can jump in the truck and run up on high ground. I can get away from it. I'm safe on the shore. I, I have control of my situation. God, I don't mind getting out and helping a little bit in some of these ministries. I don't, I don't mind coming out being a part of the church and, you know, kind of getting around a little bit, but water's cold, starts getting up much about there. And God, I, I, just, need to, I just need to kind of stay in, in the shallows. Maybe it's the fear of the unknown. Maybe it's the fear of the storms or the things that you know that can happen out there of which you would have no control over. Maybe it's just getting in water so deep that your feet can't touch bottom anymore. And you're fully in the hand of God. Whatever it is, until you're willing to go out in the deep, God can't use you. You can stay there on the shore and do a little bit. 
We're going to do a Christmas float. It says only Christ can rescue a broken world. But everything God did in this book, outside of his mighty miracles, he used a man. He used a person. Look at any story. It doesn't matter. Old Testament, New Testament. Look it up. Read about it. You, you want to know about God delivering from a lion's den? You can't do that without Daniel, can you? You know how God, you know how you know that God can walk you through a fire because he did it, but you can't do it without Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know how God can make a mighty warrior out of nobody because he did it, but you can't do that without putting David in the equation. You don't know how God can send fire down from heaven to destroy people because he did it, but not without the great prophet calling fire down from heaven. You know how he destroyed the 450 prophets of Baal because he did it, but not without one of his great prophets, not without Elijah calling it down. You know how God can change this world today? By somebody surrendering their lives. See, I don't believe that God's arm has been shortened. I don't believe that God's hand has been weakened, regardless of the foolishness that's going on in Washington, regardless of the pathetic situation that it appears that we're in, regardless of where it seems like everything is going. God has the final say-so. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. It has not changed. It will not change. It's in the book. God is looking for some people who are willing to set sail. Not, not, not just, thank you so much for being at church. Lord God, it's, a, it's so good to see you. I hope we never, ever, ever, although some churches still are meeting virtually, some churches today still have not been able to open their doors and come back live. I, I pray that we never have to go back to virtual because I don't ever want to have to preach <laughs> I won't make it personal brother I'll just leave it at the camera I, I don't ever want to have to just preach to that camera in the silence of this room again it's just not right without the fellowship of my brothers and sisters in Christ but it's going to depend on God's people stepping up it's going to depend on God's people surrendering God use me it's, it's going to require a church somewhere, somehow, some point in time to say, God, we're going to set sail into high waters. Show us where you want us to go. Take us where you want us to go and do with us what you will. Put a hedge of protection around us. I know it involves getting in the storm, but you're the master of the storm. You're the one that walks on the sea and can calm it at the sound of your voice. Give us something to do, God. Show us the way, and we're just going to set sail and serve you. Cry unto the Lord in their trouble. And he bringeth them out of their distresses. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. And for his wonderful works to the children of men. See, no matter what season you're in in your life right now, God is the God of all seasons. None of them are out of his control. Could, could I have you could I just stand where you are this morning? You guys go ahead and stand. Bam, if you guys would come on up, Let, let's, let's just pray a minute. God, I, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this book. God, I, I preached this message as best as I know how. God, I've done my best not to add anything to or take anything away that I believe you gave me to say to your children. I'm asking you now, God, would you move on the hearts of your people? Do what only you can do, God. 
I pray your sweet Holy Spirit to move in this place. Call those that you'll call. Comfort those that you'll comfort. Heal those that you'll heal. Do what you can and do what you will, God. You can do all things. God, sometimes it's a matter of faith. I ask you to move on your people here at Faith Baptist Church, those that are listening by way of live stream and, and video. God, I ask you to move on the hearts of men. God, I pray you'd meet some in their stormy seas right now. God, I pray you'd give them strength and comfort. And God, I pray right now you take this group of people present. I pray you take us as just ordinary people. And I ask you, would you use us to do extraordinary things? Help us, God, to change LaGrange, Georgia with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Help us, God, to tell this lost and dying world that there's a God that loves them so much that he sent his only begotten son who died on Calvary's cross that we might be saved, that they might be saved. God, for such were some of ye, God, we were all sinners. We're still sinners, just saved by your amazing grace. I ask you, Father, would you move on us here at this church and make us usable vessels. God, we love you, Father. It's our heart's desire to serve you. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. I want to ask you if you would, you're certainly welcome to come here and pray. Whatever you need to pray about, ask, ask God where he wants you to go or what he wants you to do, what he wants you to be, how he wants to use you. Maybe you need to come pray through a storm. Maybe you know somebody that's going through a storm. You know somebody that's sick. You know somebody that needs you to call out to God on their behalf. Pray for them. Pray for them. One of the greatest things God has given us is the ability to intercede into his throne room on behalf of somebody else. But could I ask you real quick, if I could ask you heads bowed, eyes closed, Christians, I'm going to ask you to pray. Those of you need to be prayer in your own life, in your own storms, I ask you to be praying now. But if you need something to pray about right now, I'd ask you to pray that if there's anybody that can hear my voice that doesn't know Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, would the Holy Spirit draw them now that they might come to know Christ today? Because if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you're still on your way to hell. There is no other way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus Christ is the only one. None other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. But you can be saved today. You just have to be willing to trust Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. He's the one that stepped out of glory. He came here, climbed up on a cross, and shed his blood for remission of our sins. On the third day, rose up out of a grave to give us victory over death. That we might have eternal life through Jesus Christ. You can change your eternal destiny today. It doesn't matter how you walked in. I'm telling you how you can walk out. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. But you must be willing to trust Jesus Christ. Not a magic poem, not a prayer. Lord, forgive me, save me. I want to go to heaven. It's from your heart. Lord, I'm surrendering my heart. I'm asking you to come into my heart. I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and save my soul in the precious holy name of Jesus Christ. I believe that he died for me. I believe that his blood is the only thing that can wash away my sins. I believe that he rose on the third day to give me eternal life. And I'm asking for those things. I want to surrender my life to you, Father, in the name of Jesus. You can be just as much a child of God as anybody standing in this place. But it's up to you to surrender your heart to Christ.